Hey friends, it's Tan Dan back with the Disciple Henson podcast after my little vacation with my family. I hope you all have been well while I've been away. I hope you got a chance to catch up on old episodes of Disciple Henson, some some good stuff back in the archives there. Check it out. Uh, there's also a recent reorganization by Tammy and Andre that you should check out on our website uh, in order to maybe more helpfully sort through what we've done in the past. This week's episode is part of the ongoing series we've been doing really since uh, Jeff Chang hosted the podcast that he began on sanctification using Jerry Bridges' book, uh, Dependence and Discipline, or The Discipline of Dependence. I I always forget the name of the title. But anyways, I've been helped to talk to friends um, about discipline and dependence and their Christian walk individually and get their perspective. And this week's episode is no exception to me being helped as I talk to my good friend and fellow pastor, Neil Woolard, perhaps you've heard of him. So we're, we're trying to focus on the discipline of choices, but it's also overall just what does it look like to be dependent on the Lord and discipline ourselves for the sake of godliness. I hope you're encouraged and helped. Neil Woolard, thanks for coming on the Disciple Henson podcast. Welcome. Hey, hey, good to be here. Thanks for coming back. Uh, we didn't scare you away that first time. No, I'm back. Actually, this is my third time. Third time. Yeah. So tell, did you do one with Chang or two with oh, me? Oh, I did. I did one with Chang. That's right. Okay. I did one on worship. Worship. Yeah. That's it. Yep. yep. Gotcha. Well, you're, uh, you're sporting. I saw the kind of Levi's uh, denim model look today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, you get some exactly royalties. exactly what I was going for. Exactly. Yeah. It was a, a sweet thrift shop find. Oh, well done. Mm-hmm. I'm doing um, uh, Stitch Fix. Do you know Stitch Fix? It looks comfortable. It's, it's nice. And for all I have of you, discount code listeners, if you're interested, <laughs> <laughs> how Dan of you, and for all of you who can't see Dan, he's sporting a nice tan, just freshly back from vacation. Back from vacation, Woo. and there's no place that I'd rather be than in the <laughs> studio here with you, Neil. All right, so Neil, today we want to talk about choices. Yes, and uh, biblical way to think about choices. Mm. Um, let me give you a practical example. Mm. The Bible was written thousands of years ago. And so often we wonder if it's relevant to our daily choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we wake up in the morning and we're wondering, do I eat cereal or oatmeal? Hmm. Does, does the Bible really speak to our daily choices? That's a great question. So the, the Word of God certainly applies to all of life. Uh, he's revealed uh, his character, also his will. Uh, but yeah, sometimes it doesn't tell us what kind of cereal to have, but it might more teach us, uh, habits of godliness. Uh, so it might not be a particular kind of cereal, but it might be what kind of habit in the morning is going to nourish you well for the day is going to help you to be a better worker, better father, better husband, et cetera, et cetera. And so, uh, I think the Bible does speak to, uh, generally, Yes, what what we're going to eat for breakfast, but not specifically. That's okay. Mm. So that's helpful in terms of categories, in ter- in terms of some general categories that you just laid out there. What about um, hit training? We talked about this, I think, <laughs> last time you were on the show. You still? Uh, I think we did. You still hitting the hit? Uh, is, no, wait. Is, is it hit? Uh-huh, is that the is. acronym? Like, High yeah. intensity training. That's it. With two eyes. Two eyes. <laughs> <laughs> what is the second eye? Uh, interval. Interval. Okay. Yes. Okay. And you also used to play basketball. Have you played any used, ball lately? I haven't played ball in a while. It's been a couple of years since I've touched the ball, I think. 
Okay, so we want to compare our our walk with Christ and our mm-hmm. life to mm. um, kind of this analogy of of working out or playing basketball. Let's say life is a basketball game; it's coming at you fast. You can't stop the game every time you need to make a decision. Like, should I pass here, dribble, shoot, pivot, throw the ball out of bounds? Um, and, and life's the same way. You can't just say, okay, pause. I'm going to get out my accordance and see everything the Bible has to say mm-hmm. about greed or sex or career mm-hmm. or relationships and just pause because I have a choice to make here and I need to do some research. I mean, sometimes we can do that. Mm-hmm. But... Um, how how would you say um, you think about training yourself in godliness and mm. holiness and how maybe that's affected the daily choices that you make? Just any any thoughts in general on that on that paradigm? Like how, how do yeah. you how do you think through that? So I really appreciate that that analogy of training. Because on a basketball court, you eventually want to get to the point where you're not having to think about dribbling. You're able just to respond to the game. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking about where to put the bounce pass. You're just responding. And kind of the same thing in uh, our, our spiritual lives, which is what I think First Timothy 4 really gets at, that we want to train ourselves in godliness uh, so that when these decisions come, whether it's a moral choice or whatever choice you might have, that your intuitions begin to become a little bit more trained by Scripture, led and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Uh, J.I. Packer, uh, in his book, Keeping a Step with the Spirit, um, he just had this term called holy habits mm. that he keep coming back to, that the, that the Spirit would enable us to, to live through the Word and through our effort. And so I, I think when we think about Christian discipline, uh, this idea of habits forming our attitudes, our thought processes are so helpful when it comes to that moment of decision. That's really helpful. And we want to come back to that thinking about habits. Um, I think one of the ways that Jerry Bridges has helped me think through this is that we're really either training ourselves in godliness, mm. you know, the First Timothy 4, 7 mm-hmm. passage, or we are giving in to our own sin and selfishness mm-hmm. and second peter 2:14 gives expression to this of someone as someone who is uh, an expert in greed um, the the word itself there is trained themselves to be greedy and i think apart from the holy spirit apart from striving and discipline to to uh, to be generous we're going to mm-hmm. naturally Right. given to greed. That's right. Um, so, so, and God's word is a, a means to help us train our choices as we put off that selfishness and sin and put on righteousness and holiness. Um, because like in terms of thinking about Second Peter 2.14, as mm. a quick example, you don't wake up one morning and say, I want to be an expert in greed. As a Christian, you want to mm. avoid being greedy. So, so how do you do that? Let's just take greed mm. as an example. How do you train yourself to be generous so you can respond, like you said, to, to use the analogy, respond to the game or respond to, to life as it comes to you and be generous rather than greedy. Any thoughts on how you can train yourself that way? Yeah, you know, so I say positively, uh, sometimes you have to make yourself do things that are uncomfortable uh, in our generosity. So for some of us, that might be just starting with a, a 10% tithe. Mm. The idea of giving that much money mm-hmm. away is actually hard and difficult. Uh, but then positively, we can also start to think about, okay, what it would it look like to give a dinner to this person mm. or buy this person's lunch or whatever that might be, some of these financial categories. And although it might be uncomfortable, then we actually start to see some of the benefit. Um, so there, there's there's the practice, 
But maybe even a step before that, I, I think there's a shift in our desires um, that happens probably when it's just us and the Lord mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. And so um, those desires, uh, by the grace of God, are, are, are shaped uh, by the, by the Spirit's presence mm-hmm. in our life, mm-hmm. who is giving us this ability that we didn't really have before. Mm-hmm. And uh, shaped by God's word, mm-hmm. which is beginning to shape what we do, not just what feels right, but according to God's revelation and faith. So, so as I think about generosity, you know, I think about, you know, first of all, just spending time with the Lord, being shaped by the Lord, mm-hmm. let him shape our desires. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, uh, let's say I wanted to train myself in generosity, you know, maybe say just for a couple weeks, like just ask every day, what's one way I can be generous to other people mm-hmm. and just start looking for it, being aware of it. Mm-hmm. And and I think just building that muscle is really helpful. Any other categories where you've sought to build godly muscles, whether it be mm-hmm. time in the word, mm-hmm. prayer, you talked a little bit there about generosity, mm-hmm. but any intentional steps that you've taken in the past or that you've taken recently that you feel like the Lord has helped to kind of build those muscles mm-hmm. so that you can uh, respond in and step with the Spirit yeah, uh, when life right. comes to you. And, yep. and just any practical things that you'd want to share? Yeah, you know, so I think over the last two years, like one particular category would be self-control. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you looked at my life 10, 15 years ago, self-control wouldn't have described me. I like doing new things and different things every day. Routine would not have described me. Uh, but through illness and then through, I think, feeling the responsibility of being a good husband and a good pastor and a good elder, uh, it was just impressed on me that I need to be self-controlled with my time, my emotions, uh, all of these things. So I started reading several books and going through scripture. And maybe one scriptural thing I want to bring up right at the beginning is seeing in Galatians 5 that the self-control mm-hmm. was a mm-hmm. fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so already... You know, anything good I do in self-control needs to come from faith, from the Spirit, and that's going to be any good self-control I have comes from there. But then you encounter Second Peter chapter 1, which says then to supplement your faith, and it gives this list of things, uh, one of those being self-control, and it says to make every effort to do this. Mm-hmm. And so over the last couple of years, um, I think it's been this process of, I think, making every effort uh, to be self-controlled. But anytime I would start to work on my own energy and my own strength would become pretty clear. And so like the end of Second Peter 1 says, I just simply needed to re- remember uh, the forgiveness of sins, the cleansing that I've received, which would then help me just take a step back and continue to act in, in faith and trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so that looked like a lot of ways, like my diet was a big one. Um, and it's still a big one, still working on that one. But just realizing I would have to maybe pause at the morning and just remember like why I want to eat, um, why I don't want to eat too much. You know, do I want to eat better to f- so I feel better in this moment, or so I feel better in like two hours? Um, do I want to eat in a way that will help me love Whitney better, serve the church better, and all of a sudden that would not just affect my will, but my desire, and I could feel the Lord just shaping my heart to want to be more other-centered through this category of, of self-discipline. Mm. So maybe starting with that bigger category, working yeah. down to diet, you know, it's one of the ways for me. So you've put off the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup ice cream milkshakes in the morning and replaced them with uh, 
spinach protein shakes? <laughs> well, I should, should be eating breakfast. I do a protein okay. shake. I guess I do okay. that now. So okay. I'm, I'm really proud of myself. I actually yeah. do breakfast now. <laughs> <laughs> Most important meal of the day. That's right. That's right. Uh, no, that's really that's really helpful. I I appreciate the, you honing in there on on self control. Do you mm. do you feel um, at times like the Lord has given you a creative mind, uh, an artistic expression? Do you sometimes feel boxed in um, as mm. you seek to pursue uh, a self controlled and disciplined uh, lifestyle, or how have you kind of? That's a that's a really good question. Okay. You know, there's actually been some articles a while back I read about creatives. Okay. And and I think we typically think of creatives working in these like binge stretches, you know, like uh-huh. no sleep for uh-huh. a couple nights or whatever that might be. And certainly that can happen and that can work. But there are actually some studies that were shown uh, that th- that those who actually rest anymore and then have a routine of just trying to produce and be creative consistently mm-hmm. actually were functionally more creative, thought outside the box more, and produced more. Hmm. So, so I, yeah, I don't want to be. I'm not like I don't want to make it sound like this mechanical machine. Yeah, good. Right, and so I think uh, authors like Jamie James K. Smith have done a good job helping connect concepts like self control to to desire. There you go. And what we actually want, and so it's actually been clarifying for me to think through what's most important to me. What do I want the most? That's great. That that's really helpful. How have you seen as you've as you've talked about that as you as you think about that your journey um, ways that you have grown in saying no to sinful choices and mm-hmm. yes to holiness? Any any ways that um, you see some some growth? I mean, you already mentioned one, or if you want to elaborate on that at all. Oh no! So I mean, so, so like diet. Uh-huh. Sure, that would have been one. Uh-huh. You know, I think I was a, a night owl. Which again, nothing wrong with that. But at night, I would just um, kind of wake up. I still do that now. But there, there's a choice I had at night. Even like, do I want to surf? You know, surf the web. Do I want to watch something? And and honestly, as I started to consider like what would be best for my time, like what I actually truly wanted, the more I considered that, um, I realized that there was a lot of like laziness and passivity mm-hmm. that was in that. Mm-hmm. And and that actually as I grew in in maturity and then even responsibility, that I, I just didn't want to do that anymore. Mm. Now, I, since it's still a struggle, so I'll still <laughs> want to do that at night. But um, I just realized by living a more disciplined, sl- like uh, building more disciplined sleep habits actually helped me be more godly. Mm. actually helped me to be more present with people, mm-hmm. actually helped me to be less self-preoccupied and more others-preoccupied, helped me memorize scripture better. Like all of these things that I wanted to do in a godly life, this this would help me. So why why wouldn't I do that? So that's interesting. I, I mean, maybe you don't know the answer to this, um, but... You're talking about obviously before you wanted to be a godly man, you mm-hmm. wanted to be a disciplined man, you wanted to cultivate mm-hmm. that. Um, but we don't just you know wake up one day and we're like, okay, you know, here it's go. here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, I had shared with you a book that I read maybe a couple years ago uh, by James Clear. I think his name is called Atomic Habits, mm-hmm. and um, he he really ties at the beginning of his book habits to identity. He says mm. first figure out who you want to be, and then form habits slowly but surely to become mm-hmm. that person who you want to be. Mm-hmm. And I think generally that's good advice. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I and I th- also think 
uh, you know, our habits tell us something kind of going the opposite direction about who we are. You know, look Mm -hmm. at your habits and you can kind of (laughs) say what kind of person you are. Um, Just kind of any thoughts on that in general. And then particularly for you, as you as you became a pastor and as you thought about the kind of man of God that you wanted to be, what did it look like to start? You know, you, you talked about diet and sleep, but how did you come to that epiphany? Because so often we have these ideals of what we would like to be, but it's really hard to get going. Mm-hmm. Any Anything that really helped you get going? So what helped me get going is I had a moment probably two falls ago, two years ago, where I was just, I was really tired. Um, I wasn't burnt out, but I was just tired and I didn't have any free time. And I just realized this is one of these seasons of life I just I just don't want to go through again because mm-hmm. I wasn't able to be present with Whitney the way I wanted, the church, with the Lord. Um, I was just kind of distracted all the time. And so I think, first of all, I had that, that moment. And then I had read a, a book by Cal Newport uh, called Deep Work. And I think that was a helpful concept for me. Uh, just making sure that I preserved just slow, focused, present time. I see. Uh, I, I was mm-hmm. looking at your calendar. I hope that's okay. But you <laughs> see, uh, maybe unintentionally shared your calendar. I see Friday from like 9 to 11. Yeah. You have deep work scheduled. Yeah. yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast and it's <laughs> Friday, what is that? The 23rd? Don't <laughs> yeah. bother Neil during yeah. that time. He's got his phone <laughs> that's off. Right. That's right. Yeah, but carry on. You, were, you, you yeah. thought about deep work. Anyway, so that got me thinking. But then that took me down this bigger rabbit trail. Uh, Not necessarily of like Cal Newport's work, but again, just thinking through uh, being conformed to the image, to the image of Christ and just started looking at that. And there's probably a lot of things I could say about that. Maybe here's a couple. One is, is just remembering that slow and steady often wins the race, which again is not my personality. Uh, My, my tendency is once I get on something, I kind of have a tick, um, but to realize, okay, what I want to be is, is going to be a lifetime process and just to be patient with what the Lord is doing. And instead of working to all these ideals that I feel like of this man I want to be, just slow down and be present a little bit more with the Lord, what he's telling me through his word and through the people around me. And just to just to think about that, let that get that a little bit deeper into me. And so, uh, so this idea of patience, like patience, perseverance, I think we often underestimate the kind of what the Lord can do in the life change that can happen in two years, and we try and do it in two months. So I, I think to your point, to your Atomic Habits book, I think it really is wise just to pick one thing, just to pick one thing and make small step towards it just every day, small steps, um, whatever that goal might be. But again, going back to even that that paradigm we saw in Galatians 5 and 2 Peter 1, that any good we're going to do is going to be empowered by the Spirit who dwells in us, but it's also we need to make every effort towards it. And those two aren't working against each other, but through the Spirit, we can now choose to do good things. So with that paradigm in mind, I think it's just more dependence than work, but then working hard towards just this one thing Mm. and just being patient with what the Lord is doing in you. That's helpful. One of the things... um that you said there made me think of like maybe Colossians 3, 5, mm-hmm. uh, as we think about mortification of sin, p- picking yeah. one thing. Um, Colossians 3, 5 says, therefore put to death what belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, mm-hmm. impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. As you think about Romans eight thirteen, as you think about Colossians 3, 5, mm-hmm. putting to death the deeds of the flesh, what does that look like for you, Neil? 
Yeah, I mean, particularly for for those passages like Colossians, it's a daily action uh, to do that. And so I, I think the Lord has given me several several means. Uh, probably the main one is is marriage. Uh, there's no one who knows me better than Whitney, and there's no one who knows how to talk to me best uh, when I maybe feel prideful or defensive or embarrassed or hurt. Um, our, our conversations, I've been wrapped in so much love and grace that that I, I think I've been constantly faced with my own selfishness, my own kind of self-preservation that I can that I can do in res and in relationships. So I think I think the biggest means of grace for me mortifying sin, I think has been marriage, and it's been such a gift for that. I realize everything kind of comes back to this in this season of life, but I think illness mm. has significantly be that just has been that because it's taken away. I think so much capacity or even certain identity identities that I thought I had and I thought I was like, it just simply, it wasn't <laughs> uh, because of sickness. And so in those moments, I think we're real, real, real um, opportunities just to be killing my own, my own selfishness in particular, you know, like my MO, just because part of my story is I think the Lord just felt so distant from me from a lot of my life. Um, I just took myself pretty seriously and my own holiness seriously. So I had this idea of who I wanted to be. Mm. And I think that was often a greatest source of pride for me that kept me from truly being able to be with and love people, um, to mm. truly serve them. Because sometimes it was serving this idea of who I wanted to be, which again, some of those things might have been quote unquote good things, mm-hmm. but it was in my strength. It was for my own benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't necessarily for God's glory and others good the way it should have been. So again, like illness and marriage, I think both have helped tear that down to help make me a much more godly man than I was a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. So I, I want to drill in a little bit there. Please. Um, you talked about, because this this feeling, feeling distant from God, I think is uh, something common, and, I, and mm-hmm. I would expect that many people listening yeah. um, to this conversation would maybe even be facing that right now. Mm-hmm. And they think, well, uh, may, maybe uh, you're listening to this right now, and, you, and you're single. And you think, well, I'd, I'd like to get get married <laughs> yeah. and uh, start yeah. feeling that nearness to God, or mm-hmm. I'm I'm healthy. Mm-hmm. So we we don't know what God is going to do in your life to um, make himself known mm-hmm. to you. He, th- for you, the Lord used marriage mm-hmm. and this illness to, is, is that what you were saying? Is he kind of used those sanctifying, um, I mean, one was a severe mercy, mm-hmm. which is the illness, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, it's suffering. Yeah. And the other is actually a good gift of God to you, mm-hmm. but, um, but sanctifying, exposing, mm-hmm. you yes. know. Yes. In that in that intimate relationship, what would you say to the brother or sister um, who is struggling and feeling that God mm. is distant? Um, any words of encouragement to a brother or yeah. sister who feels that even now? Yeah, you know, I, f- I think first in God's kindness and what He revealed to us is not only are we justified before God; that is like declared holy in a legal sense, God was so generous to us and kind to us to adopt us mm-hmm. as as his, his children in Christ Jesus. And with that adoption, 
comes all the promises and blessings of the covenant. And so I think sometimes in loneliness, we can think in terms of right and wrong, justified, not justified, which is good. But then God in his plan of salvation actually takes it a step further and adopts us. Mm -hmm. Um, He is a loving father who is in the, those terms are intimate and near. And even those seasons of difficulty where we feel like we're going through discipline, maybe. Mm -hmm. I mean, Hebrews 12 tells us that's a sign of God's love Mm -hmm. itself. Mm -hmm. And so I I think just meditating maybe on this, this doctrine of adoption does really helpful things for our hearts our loneliness, our discouragement. Um, so I, I would encourage that first. And then uh, secondly, the, the church truly is our spiritual family. And I know maybe sometimes we can say, well, it's not the same as marriage. Um, but God has given us, the church, his people, with other kinds of struggles, but to walk through this in really near and intimate kind of ways. And so, so if this is difficult, I, would, I think the second thing I would encourage you is just be really transparent with a brother or sister in the church. Um, be vulnerable with them. Uh, confess this and, and talk about it. And, and I think we'll find that God's gifts and God's promises do not come back void in that way. He'll give us what we need to persevere. Um, but even beyond persevere, flourish through, through, through the church as well. Thanks, Neil. That's good. As we talk about these things, as we talk about making godly choices and seeking to be, you know, mortify sin, um, godly habits, we could walk away thinking, oh, I want to do better. I want to do more better, (laughs) Um, which is good. That's a good desire to have, to to grow, to be more godly. Uh, What does it look like to rely and depend on Mm. the Holy Spirit and the daily Mm. choices that we make rather than just kind of tightening our bootstraps and just trying to, like you talked about before, just kind of trying to be a machine Mm -hmm. of of righteousness? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a couple things. First of all, Again, you can tell maybe big on meditation and just like letting some of these truths get in. So just to maybe meditate a little bit on the fact that you've received the promise of the new covenant, God himself, his presence dwelling in you. And that presence in you uh, has, has cleansed you. It's empowered. He has empowered you. Uh, and he's, he's, he's near to you. So to even just stop and meditate, just, just to be slow with that and think about that for a little bit. Um, I think that's what some of that training we were talking about earlier comes in. I think the more we we meditate on this, the more it's just going to be a little bit more second nature for us to rely on the Spirit. Um, but practically, I mean, my my mo, I just I get going like on my little rat wheel. Uh, mm. Especially the more task I get going, so uh, I just go from thing to thing. And so what I've tried to do, um, something I've been trying to do personally. Uh, is just build in little little spots of rest and meditation to to pray to mm. pray to the spirit. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, before I make a phone call, I've just, I've tried to build a holy habit of just praying before that phone call, mm. and then when I get done, just trying to pray real quick after. And it doesn't have to mm-hmm. be this big grandiose prayer, just a quick touch bait, you know, just mm-hmm. a quick prayer. Mm-hmm. So, so I think little things like that are are really practical. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's good. And so I, I love kind of what you have, um, kind of the framework that you have kind of laid out for us today, in terms of the the dance, 
between <laughs> uh, discipline and dependence and not seeing them as as mutually exclusive, but mm. seeing how they're how they're related. Um, any thoughts on how you seek to tr- uh, strike a balance between discipline and dependence on the Lord? No, I, th- I think that's really good. So I, I, prayer is certainly one. Well, let me get really concrete. So, so we've had we're moving. We're moving across the street, mm-hmm. and for us, because of health reasons, it's not just a simple move, and not mm-hmm. that a move is ever simple. Mm-hmm. But there's this whole process of trying to get the space ready. Is it going to work for us? Um, even when we move everything, there's this wipe down protocol that we have to do. So it's just kind of this big stressful thing with a lot of unsurety. Mm-hmm. So we decide to move, and then new things pop up. And so as I think about being disciplined with finances in this case being shrewd with decisions. What's interesting is um, I find myself, like what Whitney and I have done often is just pray in the morning for the decisions we have to make. And then we really like talk them out. Mm. Like if we try and think through like a wisdom grid, Mm -hmm. um, spend a lot of time like talking through every option, um, taking every precaution to, to get as much information as we can, pray again. And then, then we just make a decision in faith, but what's interesting about that is I feel like we are putting all kinds of effort into this. However, I feel more dependent than I ever have. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've found that as my disciplines have grown, mm-hmm. so, so is my dependence, um, generally speaking. Like I still have moments where I, my, I just forget, and I just start doing, and I'm not really that dependent. But I, I do think as, as I'm growing in, in, in godly maturity, by the grace of God, slowly learning how to make better and wiser decisions by the grace of God, it's only left me depending on on Him more, mm. frankly. So I think those two, it's just, it's they're, it's they're simultaneous. And I think maybe the check for me to let me know if I'm putting in, it's relying too much on my effort is if I haven't prayed about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I am just kind of working, working without... Um, showing evidence of my faith through prayer mm-hmm. to, to the Lord. So I, I think that's probably the lowest hanging fruit of evidence to me, of dependence. I appreciate you sharing all this with us, uh, Neil, about how you think through this personally, how you seek to walk um, in dependence on the Lord and disciplining yourself for the sake of God and godliness as a, as a brother in Christ, as a, as a fellow member, as a pastor of our church. I want to just conclude by considering, or I want you to just kind of off the top of your head, mm-hmm. tell us maybe just a couple things that come to mind as you think about our church family, mm-hmm. as you think about Henson, what are some uh, disciplines of dependence um, that you would like to see Henson grow in or ways that you have been encouraged as you as you have observed and been encouraged by uh, Henson walking in, making, you know, godly choices and mm. dependence on the Holy Spirit and disciplining themselves for the sake yeah. of godliness. Any Anything that just comes to mind in terms of encouragement or yeah. areas for growth? Uh, so, so, so many ways to encourage. Uh, I think the discipline of godliness, so many stories of, of uh, discipleship, uh, so, so encouraging. You know, one thing that's been on my mind is uh, in, in the environment today. COVID, politics, et cetera, et cetera. There's, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of differing opinions. Um, and and it's, 
maybe a little bit tougher right now to try and track down like the facts, like the truth of what's happening um, before we respond. And so as I think about this, I think maybe one of the disciplines would just be our discipline of intake. So are, are we taking in primarily God's word? Are we taking in primarily God's people? Are we just putting more time into that, into news sources? And then even when we hear news that causes us to be fearful or uh, angry, whatever whatever emotion might come from that, uh, it's a tough discipline, but, but what it would mean to go talk to a brother, a sister in the church, someone you trust, someone you know, and be honest about everything, but try and also like determine what what's what's happening. What's a godly response to this event and to this emotion that I'm feeling? Uh, but just be aware that I think that's that's happening. Mm. So so that's one thing I would say. Yeah. Uh, and and then I I think I just want to encourage us to continue attending church. Um, talk about new habits that potentially form. Right is. Um, we all know we shouldn't be comfortable at home watching the live stream, uh, but we are. I think some of us are, and uh, and it is easier to do that, even for someone like myself. The one time I got to do that, I watched the live stream. I wasn't doing something with it. Uh, and so I would just encourage you to like work that muscle, be disciplined and attending church, singing with full hearts, praying fully in service. So not just coming, but deeply participating, participating what's happening. That's right. That's right. And then, uh, the third, thirdly, I think I would just say just pursuing deeper, deep discipleship. Hmm. So whoever, whoever you're, you're talking to, to trust Christ enough to trust that church member enough with what's really going on in your heart. Yeah. Trust that Jesus has forgiven you that in Christ. You are forgiven, accepted and loved enough to, to be able to talk about meaningfully hard things. If I know for some of us it's hard, but honestly, the more we share of what the Lord's doing and the deeper we share, uh, the more encouraged we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the way God has designed us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would second all three of those. Mm. Neil, thank you so much yep. for coming on the, on the show Ooh. with us today. <laughs> so talk to you later. All right, thanks. Later. <laughs>